Welcome back to the Blunt Letters Podcast. This is your host, Michaela Superstar. I'm here with my co-host, Electric, and a secret pee-pee. <laughs> that sounds so perverted. Why is everything <laughs> we do? We have a new uh, producer, helper, our secret pee-pee. <laughs> pee-pee for short. It's the, what do you call that? Well, people producer. on other podcasts call them producers, so. Yeah, there you go. Fuck it. Yeah. It's shit. Are you Googler? Are you Googler? That's what happens when you fuck one of the hosts. You get to be a producer. It's <laughs> <some> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Nepotism, baby. PP stands for putting in the penis. <laughs> Whatever. We got to help for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Anyway, it's two, 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 two. It's amazing. Welcome to 2222. This won't happen again for 200 years. <laughs> Is there not going to be another February for that long? Ever. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's like it's like leap year for real. No, there's not going to be another like 2222222 until 22 Two, 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 two. <laughs> but then even when is that? Because, like, would That's it be 200 years two, from two, now. Three, two, two? Listen, I looked it up. There's not going to be another one because I got stoned, wicked stoned, because that guy gave me that free edible. And it's strong. Yeah, it's like 200 years. It's two. Oh, year 2222. Oh, here it is. We won't see this sequence again for 200 years. Two, 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 two. Two, 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 two. This is the last sequence because there was a bunch of like tw- like two- like February second two thousand twenty. There's a lot of shit from two thousand twenty two thousand twenty two. They were saying numerology like o two two o two o two o. Yeah. Yeah. Like two 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 two. Like just recently, like the second of February, right? But this is the last sequence for two hundred years like that. February twenty second, twenty twenty two. So soak it up, nerds. So. It's weird, right? That's even happening. But it's also kind of awesome because it's supposed to be this like year of the healer because it's a six year because if you add up all that shit, six. And then being assertive and confident to receive what we need. When, and there's all this like abundance and all this overflowing shit. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because I was like, read a bunch of stuff, <clears throat> like about the number two and all this. But then somebody was like, take back the power. It's a universal month. And they were like, oh, burn the fucking patriarchy down. Because it's all about like, oh, it's like a female number or something. Like two is female. And it's like, gonna help women like fight against the patriarchy or some shit and I was like that's interesting but honestly it was super hard for me to even pay attention when I tried to listen to people into numerology oh yes they have that new age like stilted speech I tried to listen to at least six videos or like podcasts about specifically two 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 and these people, like, God bless them, they're so blissed out on numerology. It was like, so, the number two <laughs> is super important and it'll bring great abundance, but also. And I'm like, fucking Jesus Christ, just tell me what the fuck else it's gonna bring! Just tell me the fucking cliff notes! I don't need that. I'm not trying to fall asleep. It's like I would listen to like 20 minutes of these people talking and I'd be like, I don't even I wasn't even listening. I wasn't even listening. I don't know what the hell this lady just said because she was talking in his voice or this guy. It didn't matter. There's this like really smart astrologer I like named like Ross Ben or something like that. But he's just the same way. Like I've literally listened to on podcasts at one and a half speed because he's just like, yeah, because 2022 is gonna be i'm like write it down write it down have a presentation what the fuck's wrong with you people like (laughs) why do you think they have to talk so slowly like what do you think about that cadence is like are they just they're just blissed out man i think they're super high on life or drugs or numbers (laughs) or numbers or mysticism like they're just fucking weirdos man they're just like yeah 
I just got back from hot yoga. And it's like, okay, can you, but you're on the fucking radio now or whatever the fuck this is. Like, can you talk like a person? Anyway, so I couldn't figure out anything from these people. But then I did catch this one part while I was like doing other shit where this person's like, bring down the patriarchy. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, well, I can get behind that. But no one else really talked about it. I was like, I think. You're not sure who to believe? When it comes to two, two, two. But it just seems like it's going to be good luck. Yeah, they're just like, oh, you're going to get everything you want. And I was like, bullshit. But okay. Sounds great. Well, you know, as part of the magic of podcast is that we are recording this in the past of two, 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 which means we haven't experienced it yet. Which means if you're listening. You're not supposed to tell people that. No, wait. It's about to be trippier. If you're listening today, you should check the Instagram because Michaela and I will talk about our day on 22222. Two, two, two. Today? No. Yeah, on today. Check our Instagram. We're today. But really today? Are you fucking today with me? Are you fucking with the That the show comes out. Okay, no, the day that the show that. comes out. The day Which is this show not comes today. Out, February 22nd, Fake today. Yeah. Fake today. Fake today. <laughs> today. <laughs> Ooh. Numerology. So what is numerology? It is the idea that numbers presented in your life have meaning and that you are getting messages from the universe about your life. So there's some collected ideas of what that is like. The angel numbers. Know, the angel numbers. So there's a collective idea of the meanings of each one. But then they're also very personal because people are each drawn to certain numbers. Certain numbers will reoccur in people's lives. There's like people who play the lotto who always play the same numbers, you know, they're lucky numbers. Or like sometimes you're one of those people that always looks at the clock at the same time of day. Mm-hmm. It used like, to freak oh. out my third ex-husband who is so neurotic and he thought it meant he was dying or something. And I was like, listen, first of all, you've been seeing this happen. For a decade, at least. You said forever. So that's yeah. a terrible harbinger. Like, no shit, you're going to die. Some good decade. Sometime in this decade. It's like, well, why are you even scared of that? I feel like that every single day I fucking wake up, I might die this decade. It was like one, two, three, four a lot. And it's like, yeah, I see it all the time. And he's like, no, but when I see it, it's different and special and it's evil. And I'm like, that's not what that means. Or he'd be like, I see two, two, two all the time. I see one, one, one. And I'm like, you're just, something's wrong with you. Yeah, it's literally the opposite uh, assumption that I've seen made by every other person I've ever met. He even had a book he didn't believe. He just was like, I'm doomed. And I was like, you know what, motherfucker? You're doomed because you have that attitude. Not numerology's fault, man. Numerology was trying to tell him the opposite. Like, you got everything you need in life. Chill the fuck out. And he was like, ah, I'm gonna die. And I'm like, okay, you're in your fucking mid 30s. Yeah. And you're very healthy. So healthy. Mm. Didn't <laughs> going for him. <laughs> he was a healthy, healthy man. I'll say that. We have some lucky numbers that are personal to us that are our birthdays because our birthdays are... Inverted. Inverse. I'm doing a thing with my hands. No one can see. Hmm. Zoltar. Inverse. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is Zoltar? That's from the Dude, Where's My Car? I thought it was like that. Oh, that's Zadaran. Zoltan. Like, that rice shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yum. Zadaran's. <laughs> that's what it is now. Zadaran's. Anyways, when we met, we were like, what's your birthday? And I was like, mine's on the 13th. And you were like, what? Mine's on the 31st. And we we're like, whoa. Holy fuck. And that's why we're both fours on that level. If we're talking numerology. We're both fours. What do the fours represent? Being fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, thirteen thirty-one has a meaning, and that is that we are loved, cared for, and taken care of, both by those gay, gay, gay. We're gay for each other. Closest mm-hmm. in your life, and your angels, loved See? ones in heaven above. Whether you believe it or not, someone's watching out for you. Hmm. Yeah, we know that though. We should have a gay wedding, where we don't really get married, obviously. But it's just gay for each other. We could wear pantsuits for that one. Okay. Instead of the, like, hovercraft walking on water Jesus thing that we may or may not have planned for like, other weddings. That was an earlier conversation. <laughs> talking about weddings today. I don't want to talk about why. Yeah. Somebody I know got married today. 
And so when you are on a podcast with Got Married on this day like four years ago, ended terribly. Don't do it. But we were talking about entrances specifically. Yeah. And yeah. I was it, like, you got to go nuts when you get married. And I was having all these schemes, but they're probably not going to happen. But if you and I had a gay wedding, we could do all these stupid things. That- I'm pretty sure it has to be on ice. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. I'd practice. Yeah. In a pantsuit. Choreograph. Holy shit. be so fucking queer. be pretty great. You know who looked really good in a pantsuit was Aubrey Plaza in that one movie where she was surly. Which is every movie, but the one where she's a, it's like a Christmas movie. Just don't make me watch that fucking nun one again. Hey, man, I thought that was going to be good. <laughs> so bad. It wasn't. Anyways, let's, okay. let's move on. What are we talking about? So, what are you drinking tonight? Pretty much the same thing. I drink a lot. Oh, no, wait. I got a new kind of gin. I am drinking Neptunia. Neptune gin? Neptunio? <laughs> it's a type of Hendrix. It's a new Hendrix. What is that? And it's, it's just, it has seaside botanicals and a hint of citrus. So whatever that fucking means, I got it. The kid's nice. Seaside botanicals? Yeah, I don't know. I was like, what seaweed? by the seaside? I don't know. Cranberries <laughs> and shit? I don't fucking know. I was like, this kid's nice to me. I like that he like thinks he's giving me advice. Dude, I made a meme about this kid actually uh, today. I hate. I'm sorry. I shouldn't call him a kid, but this is why I'm calling him a kid. So, okay. First of all, I do wear a mask when I'm in public. So, <clears throat> all right, you can only see part of my face. Granted, I often have glasses too, so crow's feet might not be so visible. But he was. We often talk when I go there, and he was the one who was all like asking me about like fucking cannabis cooking and all this shit. And he, he told me to buy the high clear and he's like, oh, you should like this gin and da da. And I'm like, okay. It's like, it's one of my only exchanges. I think it makes him feel good to give me advice about gin. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I will really just drink anything. That's good. So anyway, he uh, was like, we have this new gin. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Neptunia. Neptunia? It's Veronica Mars fucking hometown gin. Yeah, it's actually brewed by Veronica Mars Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And I like them in general. Although they always say, like, drink with a cucumber, drink with a cucumber. And this kid and I were laughing. He's like, I wouldn't have it with cucumber. I was like, I was thinking orange. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Cucumbers make me fart. Stop making me try to eat cucumbers, Hendrix. And he was like laughing. I guess this is why I get great customer service. <laughs> I say shit like that. It's fucking whatever he must be just like 30 but anyway so we're talking and talking about bad tippers and i told him how you were like oh you know real young the gen z's are pretty bad tippers and he's like i'm so surprised i was a good tipper when i was 20 i was like well whatever bro i don't know cool <clears throat> yeah great story bro <laughs> and then i was like i don't know yeah i'm a good tipper or whatever and then he's like but you know he's like the worst early you know and he like looks around then leans in and is like people over 40 and i was like <laughs> gonna be 47 next fucking month i'm like uh so i made that meme uh, yeah Yeah, the meme where i'm like side-eyeing like that little muppet or whatever who's like uh like all like caught in the spot where he's like when someone leans in is like making fun of other customers being over 40 and you're straight up 40 fucking six you're like i'm an asshole like so it's just funny i was like (laughs) yeah but he wasn't wrong he's not wrong i kind of hate my generation too so I'm a millennial at heart, I think. Everyone hates millennials, too, I've learned. But I don't. I like them, so that's why I don't think I'm a Gen Xer as much as... I I don't know. It was just hella funny. I guess I just don't come off as an old person because he didn't call me out. He's like, you know, those old people over 40. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, ha young other, per- other young person. ha <laughs> Hello, fellow youths. You want to go listen to some? Yeah. Hello, fellow youth. Would you like to drink gin and listen to Blink-182? It's like, I don't know. What are the kids listening to? So he recommended a gin to you, Neptunia? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I just, 
I memed it. I memed him. Uh, yeah, it's good. He's right. I mean, he's never wrong because if you just like tell me something over $40 to drink that has gin in it, it's going to taste good to me. I'm like, okay, I'm an easy sell. And then I do that whole thing where I walk by like the whole staff and the boss in front. I'm like, thank you for your recommendation, young man. And he's like, gives me, he gave me like the thumbs up. So whatever. I just usually buy what he says or I just buy the bramble. But anyway, Neptuna. And lemon lime seltzer and a fresh squeezed orange on top. Yeah, that's it. Kept it simple. That whole fucking stupid ass story. That sounds delightful. That was a great story. People over 40. I thought. Write in if you think that was a great story. Send us a DM on Instagram. Write in if you hate people over 40. (laughs) I challenge you. I'm an old lady buying her gin from some whippersnapper. What are you drinking? So tonight I'm drinking a Indago strawberry gin, Bramble, Bombay Bramble, gin jamboree. Whoa. What? 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 I think you need to call it the gin jamboree. Gin jamboree. I can't even say it. That's what PP for short came up with. Gin jamboree. Gin jamboree. Gin jamboree. Gin jamboree. Gin jamboree. So what is it? It's just two types of gin and an orange slice? You fucking alcoholic? (laughs) (laughs) It's... Yeah, it's two types of gin. Because I was like, can you do that? (laughs) Oh, you almost made me spit out my drink when you said that. No. You can. Yeah, you can. So I did that with some orange seltzer, and then I squeeze an orange into it, too. Jesus Christ. Fucking every time, bruh. I almost did lime, and I was like, no, I want orange, see? Yeah, I bought oranges the other day, and I was like, oh, I got hella oranges. I'm about to squeeze one up in here. Squeeze it all up. I got to get the doggo. He was like, he was like oh, you can get the uh, Snoop Dogg gin. And I was like, I want Snoop Dogg to fucking sponsor my podcast. Like, you have no idea how much he's my soulmate. I'd like to buy that gin for our in-person guests, which has been Dr. Lee. But <laughs> if I ever have another one, I would love to. I think uh, I'm going to get it next time. I got to give in. You just know I have a certain aversion to berry flavored liquor because to me it sort of tastes like cough medicine that I grew up having to ingest. But this sounds like it might be delightful. No, it's not like a cough medicine-y taste. It smells like um, gummy bear body freshener that they used to sell when I was in, like, junior high. It smells like gummy bears. Mm. Like strawberry gummy bears. Mm. All right, I'll try it. It's a big-ass bottle. I wish I could just get a nip of that shit and be like, do I like this? I'll drink it. How bad could it be? In a world where snakes get real big from the makers of tarantula tornado there's a real big snake down there oh okay they ignored her research i told you why didn't you listen you seem drunk i'm always drunk and i'm always right she was right there's a real big (laughs) snake down there they've taken over the entire town I mean, what? I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to assume their gender. They are singular. Oh. 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 That makes sense. So there's just one. There's just I'm, one real big snake. Okay. I'm tired of these real big snakes in this tiny drain. I, I, I think I saw it, but I'm not sure. I saw a real big snake over there. <gasps> Hey, y'all see the snake over here? Oh, no! Explosions. Find large snake stock footage. Explosions and cars flipping. I just want to make it clear that I'm not... I just want to make it clear that I'm not assuming their gender. No, we get it. I mean, you don't know about snake dicks. We get it. Who does? (laughs) I do! Why don't you understand? I'm a reptile scientist. I'm drunk, and I told you about snakes. Rated S for snakes. Their gender. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters. We're going to do one of our favorite segments, which I say about most segments, but this one really is. Losers. Losers. Um, Uh, Yelp. Yelp. (laughs) 
we're going to do this place called My Kitchen, which is a diner right here in the, uh, my neighborhood of San Jose. But they actually have another location, which is called Sky Kitchen, at an airport in San Carlos, California, which is where I hang out with my friend. And it just so happens that the other location is over here in my neighborhood. Whoa, whoa. What? So, That's yeah. Nuts. That so, you're near a- my, not Sky. Right, because the other so one is that it is my, it's like it is my kitchen. Yeah, it is my to, kitchen. To you. In my neighborhood. Ugh. It's This whole episode so far is full of semantics, I swear to God. <laughs> it's the two, 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 two. <laughs> I am wearing a tutu, by the way. Do you see that? JK, LOL. Stop filming me. Um, yeah, okay, so you're near my kitchen. Not my kitchen, your kitchen, their kitchen, my kitchen. My kitchen. Okay. Which used to be called Sky Kitchen because the other one was in the airport, but then apparently that didn't make any kind of sense to anyone, so they changed it to My Kitchen. Even though when you ask someone where are you going to go eat tonight and you say My Kitchen, that doesn't make any motherfucking sense either, but okay, we'll just move on. Bad name. Move on. Well, it's only a breakfast place, so. (laughs) Breakfast and lunch. They should have called it by kitchen. I would have been all about that. <laughs> they should call it. Um, That's my place. Lie kitchen and it's all chicken. Lie chick, lie kitchen and everything on the menu is not what it is at all. <laughs> you order the eggs and you get beans. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. That's a good. It's a weird art project. Anyway, we digress so much. Okay, give me the loser. So here we give go. Me the Yelp. You love that place. This person doesn't. Here goes. Let's do it. Very mediocre, basic breakfast food. That doesn't make any sense. There's no such thing as very medium. There's either you're a medium or you're not medium, but there's no such thing as very medium. Basic breakfast food. That sounds like it's on you. That sounds great. I like that. Also, avocado was spelled avocado, avocado on everything. Took a few... I'm pretty sure I've sent out... Every single text with the word avocado spelled wrong <laughs> in my entire life. So fuck you, bitch. You're an asshole. My argument with that is... Wordsmith. Do you know what it means? And if so, it's spelled right. Do you know how to speak more than one language? Because you might think that maybe bilingual people... Like, I every time I see a spelling error, I'm like, maybe this is someone bilingual. And I'm a stupid-ass motherfucker who can only barely speak English. So maybe I'll just be a little forgiving for someone who probably speaks like two and got confused with this one word. Right? At the very least, avocado. I mean, avocado, I even feel like that would be like someone who does speak English. It sounds like ava. Was it avo? It's avo. Jesus Christ, fuck this. I am already mad at this lady. I already don't like this customer. I'm going to spit in her fucking food. I'll tell you that much right now. If she brought the avocado thing up to me, I would have been like, yeah, we know. We've heard this every day. It's a mistake. Wait, I'm looking at the keyboard. Okay, the A and the O are not that close to each other, but goddamn it. <laughs> I already hate this person. I hate wordsmiths. I hate word Nazis. I'm pretty sure it's like they wrote it in one of those chocolates. Ugh, you probably know. didn't even say avocado. Probably said avocado. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I'm mad. I'm angry already. Took a few minutes for the waitress to see slash greet us. She kept getting our kids order mixed up with the kid behind us. The kitchen staff... Okay, first of all, I can't even go on. Kids all look the same. There's kids and there's kids and they're right next to each other. It's like, I mean, that's pretty basic. And people who have kids are normal people who have normal looking kids. So they do all look the same. It's not like you had some like goth kid behind you and like some fucking normie church people and then a priest. You know, it's like (laughs) you try to remember... I remember when I was serving people, I would try to even write down what they were wearing. And it was, I ended up having three goddamn blue sweater with stripes on a fucking <laughs> busy afternoon. And everyone was like, you asshole, who, which one? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Basic ass bitches with their goddamn sweaters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I should have picked fat. blue. Like, and that's when you get in trouble when it's like fat guy in the blue sweater and then they get mad it's like listen don't be the fat guy in the blue sweater one out of three one out of three don't be crazy hair bitch with weird glasses like i'm sorry like i it's been me i've been that on a ticket i'm sure somewhere crazy loud mouth crazy bitch half drunk 
pot smelling whore in the background. You know, it's like whatever to remember to who I am, right? Yeah, because you used to have to do that for me when we worked together. I mean, at that place in Brooklyn, I'd be like, I don't know where this is. And you'd be like, third table in that other room or like fourth guy from the corner. New York's the worst because everyone dresses so basic. Everyone wears the same clothes there. It's not like you're in California where people dress like maniacs half the time, which is why I love it, which is why I fit in there. It's like, you're like, oh, again, yeah, that was in Brooklyn or that was in Queens technically, where it was like blue sweaters, stripes. And they were like, you're a dick. Like, there's four of them. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's a white guy. They're like, yeah, they all are. And it's like, oh, <laughs> brown hair. It's like, it just doesn't get any better. So yeah, if you have two kids next to each other, little shit bags screaming about something, it's like, and they both want, one wants chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and one wants mac and cheese and nuggets. It's like, I don't know, broccoli, no broccoli, something like that, I bet. So they go on to say the kitchen staff was playing loud music while all the TVs were silent with captions. My kid is four. He can't read yet, let alone be occupied without the sound of splash and bubbles. Okay, like, did you bring your kid to the restaurant to watch TV? Like. It's like, is this, it's like, first of all, write this, write this review as like, I'm writing this review as if I was a four-year-old child. Like, you're right. If I was four fucking years old and barely out of shitting myself, I probably wouldn't like this experience. But guess what? I didn't like going to any fucking restaurant when I was four years old. Everything was a fucking nightmare. That wasn't just like playtime and being in bed or eating. Like, I didn't want to go to a restaurant ever, ever. Yeah, you're four. You're just so long so for the So stop talking about your dumb kid. They're dumb. That's why you have to help them shit again. Like the worst part about being a parent. I just can't even get over the fact you have to help someone with their own feces. It's like, no, tie my tubes 14,000 times. Yank out my uterus through my belly button. Like, no, I'm not helping you poop. So far, they haven't mentioned the food, by the way. (sighs) Just I'm already angry at this person and I want to put pubic hair in their drink. Okay, go ahead. Well, here's what they ordered. Hash browns were brown on the outside, but mushy (laughs) inside. Oh, That's God. the definition. That's the definition of hash browns. What's the opposite? White on the outside, brown on the inside? That's just bizarre. That defies fucking physics of cooking. It's science. It's science. How does it get brown on the inside? What color do you want it? What color do you want it? Golden? Wasn't golden? Oh, God. The biscuits and gravy were nasty and bland, like it was microwaved. Mm, I could give her that. I don't know. That. I can't. I wasn't there. That could have happened. Um, I also haven't ordered that, but I know someone who hasn't. All right. They list salsa on the menu, but she told us it was pico de gallo. That's the same. You can, that's a fresh salsa. Wait, what'd what'd you just say? They list salsa on the menu, but she told us it was pico de gallo. That is salsa. That is salsa. What is what? That's another, that is a definition of salsa. Hmm. Okay. Good portions of food if you're on a diet. (laughs) In like big letters. All caps. Diet. Did not even have the super size option. (laughs) Dude, I've been there so many times and there's been times I couldn't eat all my food. Like half your plate is potatoes. Then you have the (laughs) eggs. Then you have the meats, which I give away. But then they also have like pancakes on the side of everything. And if you want something on the side, it's like toast. You're full and you even give away your meats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? First of all, this is apparently written by a 600 pound four year old baby. (laughs) That's who wrote this. An obese baby wrote this fucking thing. Okay. Continue. That was it. That's it? That's it? That was all. They just mentioned the food at the end. Hmm. Their four-year-old didn't like it. They wanted to watch television while they were at a restaurant. Yeah, but the music was too loud. Did they think for a second maybe the music was the ambiance? It wasn't too loud. It was just on. I don't know why they would come to a restaurant to watch TV. Like, I never understood that. I have no idea. I have no idea. If your kid can't be outside, don't take him out. If your kid can't exist without television or entertainment, like, yeah, leave them at home. Because restaurants are for eating. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. This person is the worst. That's our loser of Yelp. Ever wonder what the beatniks crave more than freeform prose and heroin? Do you want your snacks literary-themed and far out? Then we have the fix you've been chasing. William S. Churros! Sweet, thick cream pouring from a long-ribbed morsel. Phallic-shaped churros filled with our patented mugwump juice. William S. Churros is going on the phone, and she sent it back in the mail. They have been in the place, and they are very nice to have them for the kids. They were going on the back porch, lol, so we didn't think it would have been funny to see it all day. (laughs) William S. Churros and I have been here in the last few years since Wild had a couple of years of this week to see how it is now on my end, and last night... That we were in our own room and had a lot to go through. William S. Churros is ready to, for a meeting at noontime. So look for William S. Churros on your next hunt for something addictive. Available only through drbenway.com. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters. Thanks for taking that break with us from all our sponsors that we don't have. You're welcome. We're closing in on the end of February. And we wanted to touch on one more black American. Have we only talked about Americans? I assume so, but I didn't look it up. Hmm. Is it only Black History Month in America? The Googler. We're going to end up just calling PP the Googler or the PP Googler, which I could use anyway in my regular life. I like PP the Googler. Find me the finest penis on the internet. <laughs> Ooh, when I'm rich, I'm totally going to get someone to find me my favorite porn without me having to spend hours looking for it. <gasps> Goals. I'm going to put that on my fucking dream board. What do they call that? Vision board. Vision board. I'm going to put like someone to find all my favorite porn for me. All right. It is in the United States. It originated here. Okay. It is now also celebrated in Canada, Ireland, and the United Kingdom, but in October for those guys. So us in Canada. In Ireland. So we're in our last week of Black History Month, and we wanted to talk about Octavia Butler before it was too late. Not that we couldn't talk about her later, but felt like as nerds, as sci-fi lovers, and as someone that found her later in life, I've only actually read two of her books so far but love them. And I think I've read a few of her short stories, but man, like really not enough. We both read different but same versions of her, probably her most famous novel, which is Parable of the Sower. So good. I read the novel and Electric read the graphic novel, which I didn't know existed till she told me it did. I bought it and I was like, oh, um, I will have to read a novel in two days. I will instead read the graphic novel, which I could do. Yeah. Shout out to comic books. But yeah. (laughs) Holler at a comic. And for all you reluctant readers out there, if you're not really into reading novels, go ahead and just read the graphic novel because it will go quicker and you'll enjoy it and you'll get the major themes from it just as much. I am all for that. The one I read was adopted by Damien Duffy and John Jennings. So the novel, anyway, the original, the the OG is about the global climate change and economic crisis, which leads to a social chaos in the early 2020s, which is just so crazy, right? Uh, California becomes full of dangers from pervasive water shortage masses of vagabonds who will do anything to live to see another day like fires drought like all this shit that's honestly coming true and like uh trump-esque candidates and presidents and like super fucking weird christian people like i don't know it's just so it was so visionary from when it was written because it's totally coming true And it's about a 15-year-old Lauren Olamina living inside a gated community with her father, who's like a preacher, and her family, and her community there, her neighbors. And they were sheltered from the surrounding anarchy and society that were just, it's like fucking Mad Max or some shit outside of parts of America. Because there's no water. Mm Mm-hmm. And like America's falling apart. 
And there's like a weird corporation that'll like help you live. If you just live in this corporate prison and do everything we say, you'll have a job. It almost reminds me of like some, I mean, obviously so many other things, but there was something was like, fuck, what movie was that? Where it was like, you can just have a bunk and four, three square meals and you'll be fine. Oh yeah. What movie was that? And it was like, you could kind of just be like taken care of by a giant corporation. Four bunks a day and... It was like an ad, right? That was constantly playing. Was it like Blade Runner or something? Oh my God. I know what it is. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Remember when they were like, oh, just fucking like essentially sell your soul to this corporation and you'll have a job and a place to live. And it was essentially just like a prison. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So that's what it reminds me of too, where it's like you could be taken care of in this post-apocalypse but you have to like sell your soul and live in this weird like prison gated community of this other kind owned by a corporation. Which had a lot of like parallels throughout the book and the graphic novel of the Underground Railroad. So like there would be runaways from these places where they were basically like enslaved in debt, like debt prisons, you know, which they made up like indentured servitude. And then they would like split up fl- families just like in like, you know, old fashioned... I- not old-fashioned, current fashion that ICE is doing to families everywhere. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, sell those kids into, like, different kinds of enslavement, too. And that's, like, really scary. So it's pretty dark. And accurate of where we're going. Which is what she called it. Like, Heinlein had these, like, three different kinds of sci-fi or something. Heinlein? Heinlein? And he was, like... And one of them was, like, where we're going. And she's, like, this story is definitely, like a where we're going story you know so and again yeah we're at this point we're in the early 2020s i also love that the main character suffers from that like hyper empathy it's like debilitating sensitivity to others emotions so she can't even like barely fight for herself because if she punches someone she feels it just as bad as they feel kind of like spike and buffy with the chip in his head where if he intends to harm (laughs) someone it hurts him yeah clockwork orange yeah yeah something like that for sure so yeah it's like that's fucked up and then she essentially is like oh man we're gonna fucking the shit's gonna hit the fan and like nobody listens to her they're like whatever kid and she's like what okay well i'm gonna prepare and then shit hits the fan well she starts preparing and telling other people to prepare and then they're like stop riling people up and don't be so typical you know don't be fear-mongering and then it's like well everything went to hell surprise and i know story of my life i was like welcome to my world I was like, I was telling you people this shit was going to happen for fucking decades. Dude, it's so scary, too, because this, like, totally takes place in California where I live. And we have, like, wildfires. And there's, like, parts where they are, like, walking down the coast and they're being surrounded by wildfires. I know. And, like, it's crazy that the sky turned orange last year because of that. And, and like, experiencing it. It's like, okay, we had to be inside anyway because it was, like, a lockdown from COVID. But then on top of that, it was, like, you couldn't be outside because the air quality was so terrible. Yeah, I literally pictured the orange sky a lot when I read this. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what that's like. It's like, because I picture, I don't live there now, but that's where I lived for decades. It was out there in California. Same thing. Like, I'm picturing everything she's talking about and being like, yep, 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 yep. Like, terrifying. Like absolutely see that happening she's like a cassandra character from greek mythology right that's like she knows what's coming but nobody believes her well i wanted to ask you because throughout the graphic novel there's like cuts of verse from like like she's like a prophet starseed she starts her own religion essentially her own spiritual journey and starts starseed where she's like people are destined to be on other planets and like better places yeah Starseed and Earthseed. And, like, people read this book and, like, literally do, like, worship that shit. Like, they start their own religion based on this book. Like, it's really fucking important. And I, you know, again, a lot of it's, like, I love how it's all about, like, anarchy and chaos and change. They're, like, God has changed. Change is the way of the earth. Like, there's no good or bad. They're just, like, it's just chaos. It's just change. And I was, like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, I totally love that shit. I was, like, I'll be fucking Earthseed. Hell yes. I don't want to be starseed because I don't even like going on planes or boats. So I am for sure earthseed. I'll stay here. 
I just don't, I just don't want to fly. If I don't want to fly to California to see you in six hours, like every other day, I do not want to go to the moon or some other star seed bullshit. Like, uh, 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 uh. You'd have to be a Baracus me. You'd have to knock me out and then be like, hey, look at us. We live on Saturn now. And I'd be like, how the fuck did I get here? Okay. And what would that be like? Like, so many of the other, like, sci-fi things, like Ray Bradbury. Phil K. Dick. Uh, illustrated mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, it's like. Teleported you Man. You know, you get there mm-hmm. and it's like, not what you think it's going to be. Yeah, like, it's, you're fucked. You're a prisoner. Like, there's so <laughs> Yeah, like, you're fucked. You're fucked. You're on the frontier. I, I, or, like, Clans of the Alphane Moon, which is another Philip K. Dick that you got to read and we'll talk about. We'll ha- we'll do that. We'll both reread it. It's one of my favorite Philip K. Dick books, which is essentially, spoiler, it's about fucking a bunch of fucking psychiatric patients who crash on a planet and um, don't die. So they have their own society of <laughs> different uh, mental patients running the planet. That's interesting. That's like some one flew over the cuckoo's nest or something. Planetary. Yeah, it's pretty great. Intergalactic. <laughs> it's yeah, it's intense. It's one of my, and it's kind of funny. Like it's fucked up and kind of funny, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that would. That's how a psychopath would act. Like that's how a sociopath would act. Like if they were in charge or whatever. It's funny. Anyway, I digress. We're talking about Octavia Butler. So yeah, she was a visionary. She saw all this shit that was coming, and then like yeah, like essentially gave us this weird future religion to worship if we chose to and then left hella early the reason that we're having this discussion actually is because in two days from today she died 16 years ago on february 24th 2006 sorry 16 years yeah i forget what year it is now so it's hard to do the math is it future or is it past? I know. Fuck yeah, Dale Cooper. So yeah, she died 16 years ago. It's almost to the, the day. And that sucks. She, like, she had, someone said she's fell, but it was, I guess she's had a stroke. It's like, that's, I heard two different things. Oh. So she probably had a stroke and then fell. And that sucks. I mean, I, fuck, you didn't even get to 60 and you're like one of the best, uh, like, writers ever. So I'm really excited to read other shit. I feel like I read Kindred, but I there's a lot of books that I read and I don't remember all the details. And to me, that means I didn't read it. So I want to go back and read that and a bunch of her short stories. You liked Parable of the Talents, didn't you? Parable of the Sower. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Parable of the Talents is a sequel, which follows the next generation. Yeah, her daughter. Lauren has has passed away. Yep. Yeah. She had a baby. Yeah, it's about her kid. In the future and all that. But yeah, it's really cool. I fucking loved it. I'm really excited to delve more into her. And she and I like that she wrote about like people asked her all the time about being black, being a feminist, being a woman, being a sci fi writer, being a woman. And she was just like, I never questioned whether or not I could do it. She's like, I assumed I could do it and I just fucking did it. She's like, I didn't see a lot of black writers in science fiction. I didn't see a lot of female writers. I didn't get, she's like, I just didn't think about it. And that's what I like about this book as well. Cause she talks about how it's not, she didn't really want to make it all about this black woman doing this thing. She's like, I just took for granted that this black woman could do this thing. That this black woman could be this main character. No big fucking deal. Like stop making a big deal. Like this is just how it is. This is who it is. And I love that. And uh, I don't know. It makes me really excited to read more of her stuff. I'm like stoked. I read some of her stuff in this like anthology years ago called Dark Matter, which was like an anthology of all black science fiction writers. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. That was my introduction. And it took me a long time to finally get around to reading her. I, I will say, though, as a disclaimer, I don't read all that much fiction. I am much more of a nonfiction nerd when I read. I would say that's true. You don't read a lot of fiction. I do. I read tons of it and I loved science fiction. You are a fucking English major. You have a like yeah. piece of paper that says you like to read goddamn fiction. Yeah. Um, I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's like for me to sit down, I read a lot of like weird research crap or like para research crap, but then it's like, I will sit down with some literature and it's usually science fiction it's like it's usually based on some sort of speculative science well this is a good place to start i think if people want to you know especially people who are like feeling a strong way about climate change or Mm, about california mm -hmm. even or like survivalist you know like it touches on a lot of things like it definitely has a lot of repeating prose which is kind of interesting too even if you just like poetry you know so 
And the parallels between what's happening right now is just like remarkable. She really was a visionary. And again, like read the read the graphic novel if you want to just get the story fast. But even after I've read the graphic novel, I feel like I want to go back and read the book. Oh, send it to you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Friends! Because, like, I think that one of the things that I... (laughs) One of the things that I liked about the book but didn't like about the book is that characters got introduced so quickly that you didn't have time to really, like, get to know them that well. Welcome to California. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Yeah, for sure, though. (laughs) But that's real life. Like, that's kind of why I like it. It's, It's... That's real. Like, how many people do you know that you met for just a few days or a week or a month or a year or two years and now they're gone? It's like, that is how it is. Well, that's true. Pretty good stuff, man. Check it out. We know that it's been tough at these trying times to find adequate snails. Do your current snail options suck shit? Well, visit us at Snails with a Z. We have only the best snails money can buy. Other places will try to pass off slugs or empty seashells filled with earthworms, but not us. We offer a 100% snail guarantee or your money back. I couldn't stand another snail imitator. Even banana slugs lost their charm. Snails gave my life a real direction. I used to have so many problems. Now my only problem is snails. Hey, yo, governor. Snails. I still have nightmares of earthworms. Their bodies wriggle in my brain. Visit us now at snailswithaz.com to cure all your snail-induced nightmares. Welcome to Let Me Tell You About This Movie, Archive 81 from Netflix. Michaela recommended this show to me. It's uh, another sci-fi show horror (laughs) surprise 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 it's about this guy and he is a restorer of films for the uh museum that michaela likes museum of motion picture in queens new york shout out let me in for free forever (laughs) that place is great i want to see those muppets bro no actually i would pay to go there that place is great i went there with you right yeah we went there together take a picture of the emmett otters jug band christmas motherfuckers a great movie a great movie the opposite of archive 81 let's not even talk about it so archive 81 it's about this guy and he's like restoring some film it's kind of got some like ring vibes like the film is revealing a story of a demonic presence yeah there's so yeah it has all the things i love there's a cult from the turn of the century that opens up some other dimension that they're like oh my god we're gonna save mankind which these fucking white people always think they're going to do that shit with. Like, <laughs> enter Nazis, dickheads. So, like, fucking the white supremacist stupid ideal of what shit should happen starts to happen in this, like, weird-ass mansion in New York City. And then they open this thing, people get sucked into it, and they realize that it's, like, not so good an idea, duh, oh, no. to open up other dimensions. So in the 20s, someone gets sucked in, and then this dude is, like, supposed to look at, like, why this fucking, like, fire happened. At the building? And he realizes, he, yeah, at this weird building, he realizes his father is involved, who he doesn't know who also died in a fire. Like, he finds out this girl. And then he starts having, like, super, super surreal, like, interdimensional episodes where he's, like, talking to... It's, like, time travel and interdimensional. Like, she, she's, like, help me, like, through these videos, which I love so much. Like, this idea that you can capture something in a video and then some something can come through it. So, wait. She's talking to him from another dimension? Mm-hmm. What? She's trapped in another dimension that was opened by these occultists. So, it happened first in the 20s or so. And then this dude saw, like, a snuff film that was this fucking circle of people doing this fucking ritual. So this person, like his children actually finally figure out how to do it. They do it again in the 90s. And this woman who is making a documentary about that place gets sucked into whatever dimension. And she's like trying to talk to this hot black dude from fucking 2020, like 21 or whatever, to be like, help me get out of here. Whoa. And he's like, oh, shit. And I think they might fall in love because who wouldn't fall in love with that dude? And she's pretty cool, too. So I'm like, 
Whoa, that's mm-hmm, crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm only on the second episode. It's so good. And then you get to the end of the season one and you just totally want more. It's like, oh shit, like crazy ass time travel, parallel universe, switcheroo, hip cliffhanger. And yeah, I love- they go into the 20s? They go into the 90s at the end. Oh, they don't go into the 20s? They do, but at the very end, it's a mind fuck and you end up back in the 90s. What? Ooh, does he time travel? To save her, which is so romantic and no one would ever do that for me. But, you know, one girl could dream. It's a TV show. Some A girl could dream on a Valentine's Day that a man would travel through time, space, continuums, and parallel universes to save her. Sure. Bullshit. Dudes won't even go to therapy. But this dude will go through a whole, like, weird wormhole to save this stranger. That's pretty. Anyway, pretty great. There's so many stories of people going through wormholes. I like that. It's Because po- it's possible. It's like, hey, do you want to take an adventure? Go to Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> Enter some weird fucking wormhole fall in love i don't fucking know so yeah it's really good i've only watched season one i think that's all that there is of it but i'm super hooked so i and we were i found out about this through so, am i yelling i'm so drunk i found out about this i'm gonna talk like when there's numerology people now <laughs> the drunker i get i found out about this show through a yellow jackets facebook discussion group because i'm a fucking nerd and i wanted to hear a bunch of fan theories about a show i was obsessed with so anyway someone was like watch archive 81 and i watched it because someone told me and they're so right though it does have that weird like ultimate mystery feeling like you don't know what's happening like and it is really nice that they're having lead characters who are black it's so refreshing and like you know like a lot of the characters like not just him but his father and then there's another young girl that comes into play who's super important and it's just like it's just really Jess yeah Jess who's awesome and I love her so much so it's just like it's just so refreshing to not just see fucking only white people as the leads like I know it's weird to have to I don't know if I have to say it but I do, I want to, I want to acknowledge how much I really appreciate not having to see just white faces all the time. OMG, where did you get that huge cigar? It's the size of a party sub sandwich. I went down to Big Blazing Cigars. They have the world's largest selection of the world's largest cigars. Does size matter? Well, wrap your lips around this monster and you tell me what you think. <coughs> oh, Oh, no, I can't handle it. Well, if you think you can handle Big Blazing Cigars, head on down and take a look at all that BBC has to offer. Do they have small cigars, too? No. (laughs) Come on down. We have a limited edition t-shirt giveaway every weekend. Grab your I'm Down with BBC tees and be the talk of the town. I've made so many friends with my BBC t-shirt. Big blazing cigars. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about comic books because I'm a nerd. And I have a lot more time on my hands than my co-host. Let's just be honest. Like, I just end up having a lot of time to read. And I do, I do read fast, I've been told. Definitely. You read fast. And I think I read fast and you read way faster than me. You know, it's weird, though. I don't remember. It's like I'll read shit and I'll love it. And I'm like, that was great. And then it's like, I don't remember a lot of it. So I had it's like if it's, you ask me 10 years later what it's about, I'm like, oh, I should reread that. But anyway, me too. Uh, it's normal. I used to really love Slaughterhouse Five. It was my favorite book. And then I forgot what Slaughterhouse Five was about. <laughs> yeah. So, OK, <laughs> I guess that's normal. So, yeah. So I've been reading a bunch of stuff cause, like late at night. Because I have a friend, partner, whatever. Boy, I guess he sent me a valentine. So my boyfriend, he sends me like literally hundreds of comic books to read all the time. It's like one of our, it was actually our first date. We went and bought, he bought me comic books on our first date. And I sucked his dick in the car. But other than that, it was, you know, pretty much a normal date. 
I guess, between two people on Tinder after a threesome with a cult leader. Anyway, no, it was totally not a normal date, now that I think about it. Involved comics. Still, it's a pretty good date. Anyway, so, it involved the comics, the tradition continues. And BJ's. Thumbs up. So, thanks to you, Omar. I have so many comics to read, and what I'm going to give you guys right now is the quick and nasty... Like, I, like, just, I've, I've been trying to cram it. It's like I'm in, co- I'm in comic book college right now. So here's some stuff that I've been picking up and you guys might like. I'm going to try to be brief. If you want to know the creators, the authors, of the artists, please link in show notes to all of these uh, titles because I don't, <laughs> I'm too drunk to say their names. So I just caught up on Redneck. Redneck is uh, a hick vampires in Texas fighting other hick humans in Texas and it gets all complicated and crazed. It's like, yeah, exactly that. Like, it's just like fucking generations of weird vampires fighting each other. And it's pretty good. The art is pretty great. You know that I will not even tolerate anything with art that's total shit. So yeah, it's a really good redneck American. It kind of reminds me of Near Dark, if you've ever seen that movie, which I also love, which is just kind of like white trash vampires, which is pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, Man Eaters, I also caught up on finally. Like, none of these are new, by the way. Some of them are, but are current, but not necessarily. I caught up on Man Eaters up to about uh, issue 12, which is Chelsea. Oh, sorry. We're not saying the people, but essentially it's like mm, all women. It's, it's a woman's comic about girls being forced to not menstruate in society because, oh, all of a sudden because of, uh, I think it was, what's that shit you get from cat shit? Cat scratch fever. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know. It's like they're like, don't be around it if you're pregnant. It's like there's a parasite in cat shit that could drive you crazy or whatever. It's like cat shit disease. So they're actually tying it to even like fucked up things that happen to people in traffic accidents or like things where people just have random like seizures or episodes where they're like, oh, you have um, toxoplasmosis. And yeah, it's like a single-celled parasitic organism, thank you, Googler, that can affect most animals and birds. It's excreted only in cat feces, wild and domestic cats, and parasites, ultimate host. So this comic book was like, went off of that and was like, oh, because of that, it like, just like COVID has, it uh, morphed into this other thing where once you get your period, Uh, girls will start to turn into deadly panthers or tigers or like lethal ass big cats when they get their period damn and so instead of just letting it happen and dealing with talk about a metaphor oh god it's so heavy-handed but it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful feminist rhetoric and i love it 100 percent. and i met the creator she was amazing and she signed her name on shit at the New York Comic Con on maxi pads. That's very on brand. And one of the reasons that I love my boyfriend is that he was obsessed with her, was in love with her, introduced me to her, and then got her signature on a maxi pad that he covets to this day. Dude, let me ask you if you got a signature on a maxi pad, would you use that maxi pad? No, she signed it in red. And no, of course I would not use that. I would totally save that forever because she's super cool. Okay. Which is what he did. So anyway, he's right. It's great. It's just I, sometimes I like don't want to give him the satisfaction of reading these comics super fast when he tells me to. But he's right. Like that shit was amazing. And um, so it's about this one girl who's turning about 12, 13, and she, she's about to get her period. And she's like, you know what? And so, like, the whole society is set up to, like, uh, like boys and girls can only drink certain products and eat certain things because all the women's products have this extra hormone in it to stop them from menstruating. And then this girl starts drinking the boys' products, and they she gets her period, and so do all her friends. And then all of a sudden she's like... <laughs> we're gonna fucking turn into cats whoa do they turn back yeah but like during their periods they it's like we're cats like werewolves whoa that's cool 
And so, like, the patriarchy's trying to stop it because they're like, you're dangerous. Like, we can't have this happening. Like, so they stop women from menstruating altogether. Then what happens? And there's all these, like, cool fake ads, which, you know, we're obviously giant, like, fans of in the comic book. And there's, like, all these products to, like, help men, like, not you know be like hella dudes like be full of testosterone and then it's like girls are like you know like they pump all these chemical in the girls their whole lives so they don't get their periods just so they don't turn into these cats because it doesn't happen to all women it just happens to like some of them and it happens to like the protagonist who's like this cool ass like punk rock 12 year old girl so do they not go through puberty right whoa which is like every man's dream (laughs) that's creepy though yeah it's beautiful it's so so well done and uh they also deal with like a lot trans stuff i don't know it's fucking cool i've again i've only gotten to issue 12 i don't know what else is out there but um i would definitely check that out these are supposed to be short but that one's really great department of truth is also another thing i was reading it's also like kind of like men in black controlling out of control tulpas like, it's about tulpas. So it's this comic book that's all about, like, this guy getting sucked into this world of the CIA being like, we have this division that's, like, beyond the X-Files. But it's, like, about how if people believe in a certain thing enough, it comes true. Whoa. And there's this department that tries to control. Whoa. Like, yeah, Elvis. There's a, Yeah, you see, there's, this, like, an Elvis one where it's like, oh, Elvis is coming back to life because people believe it so much. Or, like, oh, the flat earth is becoming true because people believe it so much. I've only, again, I've only gotten, like, I think about nine or ten issues in, but it's really fucking good. Very X-Files very much into what we're into. And, like, tulpas, what? Hello, yes. <laughs> Like, if you want to explain what a tulpa is for those who don't oh, know. Oh, a tulpa is essentially like an idea that humanity has that becomes so powerful because so many people believe in it that it becomes a reality. An inanimate thing becoming animate just by the will alone. Which is why I said that Mulder and Scully even fucked in the first place in real life. Remember when they hooked up for a minute and they were together? I was like, that is sheer like all the fans in the world wanting them to get together so hard that it just was inevitable that they'd fuck at some point. Yeah. To me, that's a tulpa. They didn't stay together or anything, but they just like could not resist each other. I think because everyone wanted them to fuck so bad. They felt the vibe. Absolutely. So this whole comic book's about tulpas and it's really good. Again, I've, I just started getting into it, but like check that out. The Lolo Woods is actually an imprint from Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, who's very reliable. He writes Lex and Key, obviously one of my favorite comic books um, and other things. He He's just curating this and um, it's a... Mm, it's kind of like Twin Peaks but a modern feel it's teens small town weird small town because it's built on this weird coal mine that's cracking open it's super hot and things are melting and it's kind of it's like yeah it's almost like hell and then there's all these mysteries going around there's cryptids in the woods there's weird shit happening there's a girl there's two girls who are in love and then like they have sex and a girl's stomach opens up to a portal like it's just it's super far out luminous blue mushrooms that like who knows what they do like it's very up my alley like beautifully drawn again I will never tell you to read something that looks like shit. Like this, this comic looks great. So the Lolo Woods, check it out. Fucking beautiful. I've been reading that up to, I don't know, at least like six issues or so. Um, Undiscovered Country is also a really fun one. It's an alternate history, which I love. Alternate history of the United States, um, where they close their, their, um, They put essentially the United States puts up a wall and just retracts from the whole world for 30 years. We're like, we're out. Yeah. Like we just are like, nope, we're gone. And, um, it's, there's like this weird red mist that comes and is killing people outside of the United States. And then the United States comes after 30 years and is like, oh, we have this cure. 
How did they even know about it? Exactly. And so it starts with this whole, like, delegation of people from other other countries coming in to be like, I guess we'll go see what the United States has to say. Because we're, they were like, you have, essentially the United States sends out a message to the rest of the world that's like, you have six months to live before this fucking pandemic takes over. Whoa. So pressed with that. These humanitarians set out to go to the United States after 30 years of them locking off their their borders to everybody. And it becomes a fucking nightmare and a fucking crazy psychedelic whirlwind. And it's fucking awesome. And so that's I'll just leave it at that. Undiscovered country. That's that's about it. I know that uh, that's not that much, but that's what I've been reading in the last like month or so for comic books. Um, and it's pretty great. And of course, Deadly Class, which I'm always going to plug, especially because it got canceled from Sci-Fi Network. Um, but the comic book's still going strong and it's beautifully drawn, beautifully written. And uh, check out all the newest issues. And of course, did we talk about how Saga came back? No, but we should. Saga's back after three years. What? <sighs> you motherfucker said you're going to go for a year and it was three. Three years. You think we can't count? One, two, three, bitch. But I guess they have it all figured out now, and Saga's back for another, like, 50-something issues. So it's beautiful. I love it. I read it. Electric hasn't gotten there yet, but I don't know how she does it. I want to read the collected graphic novel, which comes out in April of the first three issues. Also, I don't know where to get it. So (laughs) maybe we can figure that out. But yeah, it's still great. I love it. I'm so happy Brian K. Vaughn's back. And it's one of the greatest comic books ever written. I mean, we're not going to say anything. And one of the greatest love stories ever told. Just great. Just great. Epic science fiction space opera. Um, Of course, I'm still reading that. And still reading Deadly Class. And um, yeah, waiting for Bitterroot to come back. And um, that's all I can think of right now. But yeah, quick and nasty. Read some comics. Link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Blunt Letters podcast. Follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Cast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public for more episodes. Oh, that's a lot. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube for mind-blowing memes and videos. Find issues of our zine on Amazon and send us a message if you want to know more about the Blunt Letters merch. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to stay up to date on our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.